Hello and welcome to Friends to the Ends, a podcast where I talk with the bodacious Brandon Baker about his ministry oh, with Ride Nature. I am your co-host, Quinn North, and who are you, sir? Oh, well, I am, as you said, the bodacious Brandon Baker, your co-co-host. So the hooch warning is back. We lied last episode when we said he would be hidden somewhere in the house. Yeah, and him being in the other room doesn't really work well because he gets real whiny. So, Brandon, uh, it has been uh, a little bit since the original recording, and a lot has happened. So I guess what's in order is... How are you? I am okay. But as you said, it's been a while and a lot has happened. I should probably expand on all that has happened. So since we last had our fun rendezvous, Quinn, I was having a great day at one of our skate churches. I believe it was a Monday. Yes, it it was definitely a Monday because Kristen did not have work this day which is very important to the to what's about to happen in this story. Um, so after we got through uh, a night at the ends, we were about an hour and a half in. Uh, one of my uh, good friends who helps run the skate park with me, he had uh, he was skating out there. We had some of our interns there. They were skating, and I said, for the day, I'm going to to run the desk. So I ran the desk for about the first hour and a half. We had our... Uh, our lesson taught and everything and after the lesson was done i was like okay we only have an hour left so i'm gonna skate a little bit and after about 30 minutes of skating doing something that uh, a trick that i'm very good at it's in all kinds of uh, videos that i have on social media on youtube um you can find a lot of evidence that i and i swear i know how to do this trick we well, I, I tried <laughs> doing it down the stair set. Yeah, I noticed how I didn't mention any of my handles or what videos on YouTube to find it. I could be a liar. <laughs> no one knows. Uh-huh. Um, I tried to do this trick, which is called an early grab finger flip. I'm sorry, Quinn, if that means nothing to you, but it, you it, can it means nothing to make, me. That's yeah, you can make believe whatever <laughs> you want it to sound like. Just please make it cool. And I tried doing it down the stair set that we have at our, at our park um, at the ends, and I ended up breaking my ankle. So I've been on crutches for the past three weeks, I, I think it's been now. And it's been a little rough considering I live on the third floor of my apartment complex, which has no elevator. I still go to work occasionally. I try to spend as much of my time on the bottom floor even though my office is upstairs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, and man. then when I go to the skate parks, I either just sit and check people in and give them waters the whole time, or I, nope, that's all I can do. So I just sit <laughs> and check and check people in, uh, give them waters, and just chat whenever they take breaks. Yeah, rough, uh, rough start to, <laughs> to a new ministry assignment. When uh, yeah, it was of all uh, times the congratulatory one month in. Um, but thankfully, it was Kristen's night off, and uh, because she works right. uh, evenings, she works evening shifts, and she was able to answer my text. I didn't call her because I was still in the skate park at the, at the time after I broke it. Uh, my One of our interns and my friend Jacob, he was the one who was filming for me. So we actually got me breaking my ankle on camera, which is pretty awesome. I'm, I'm going to have to admit. 
uh, but he was he was confused because it looked like it was just a simple roll of the ankle. It didn't it didn't look like it was too serious unless you watch the video like 15 times in a row. Then you start seeing more subtle things and hearing more subtle things. Yeah, yeah if you ever see the video, try and give it a good listen. You might hear my ankles, uh, my ankle cracking. Yeah, and you can uh-huh. find it on uh, the Baker's social media. Uh, I know it's at least on Facebook. I think you have it on your Instagram too, Brandon, right? Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, but the clearest the clearest video of it would definitely be on on our the Baker's ac- account that we have on Facebook. Um, and Kristen, thankfully, like I said, had the night off, and I sent her a text message saying, hey, don't worry too much, I, and don't try to call me because I'm in the skate park and it's very loud in here, as you know, but I definitely broke my ankle. And after I sent that text to her, she was like, okay, I get it. I'm on my way now. Uh, do you need to go to the ER? And I said, probably, because it's definitely broken. Once again, emphasizing that because no one seemed to believe me. So I felt like I had to emphasize it to her. Because when Jacob was picking me up off of the ground, like seeing what was up, because more than just me was skating the stair set, so we had to get me out of the way. I was in too much shock, uh, I think, or pain. I'm not sure because it hurt, but surprisingly not as much as I expected. Thank goodness for adrenaline. Thank you, God. Mm -hmm. He came over to me and was like, what's up? Are you good? And I said, yeah, well, no, I, I broke my ankle. And he's like, oh, okay, sure. Grabs me by my shoulders and starts pulling me away. And he was like, all right, come on. And I'm like, ah, um, hold on, hold on. And he's like, oh, no, you're serious, huh? I was like, yeah. So he yelled at one of the other guys, and they picked me up and dragged me off of the skate park to where uh, we had some of our benches where I was able to contact help. And they were able to get me something to rest my leg on to keep it a little bit of, uh, a little bit elevated. And we sadly had no, no ice in our freezer at the park. But instead, we had frozen hot dog wieners. (laughs) So we had hot dog wieners on my broken leg until Kristen got to me, um, which is about a 20, 25-minute drive. It was a little brutal, but we were able to go get it checked out. We got me a splint, um, which I have been wearing now this whole time. And I should be upgrading to my boot next week. And I should be able to start beginning some form of therapy to start adding simple movements and pressure to my everyday life again. Yeah, the frozen wieners, I think, is the most quintessentially Brandon thing about that story. It makes so much sense. It makes the most sense. Yeah, that's funny though that he didn't believe you when you. Yeah, no one, no one, be- <laughs> no one seemed to believe me because I react to pain um, and shock a little bit differently, uh, which Kristen found out in our first year of marriage. Um, it wasn't even a full year yet, I don't think, but we had to get under the hood of the car, and when I put my hand on there to unlock it, my fingers got stuck and they were oh. jammed inside of the hood. And we couldn't get it. We couldn't lift the hood up to pull it out because my fingers were in the grill of it. When I went under to reach to unlatch it, I missed it and put my finger in the bottom part of the grill. And when I went to to lift it up, I realized, oh my gosh, when I'm lifting it up, I'm bending my fingers the opposite direction that they should be bending. And then it locked. And I had to wait for Kristen to come back outside because she had to go get our tools. And I was just sitting there quietly and said, all right, Kristen, 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 
um, I need you to not panic, but my fingers are stuck right now. I need you to do something to get them out uh, because it is hurting a lot whenever I pull it. And she's like, um, uh, what? wait, I'm sorry, what? Your fingers are stuck? I don't, I'm not someone who yells whenever I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. I get oddly, um, it sounds like I'm, I'm a computer running off my zeros and ones instead. Mm-hmm. So survival no one believed instinct. me because, yes, yeah, so my survival instinct uh, outweighs my pain radar, which is good and bad because the amount of times that I have skated on on things that I shouldn't skate on, like torn ligaments and a hernia, mm-hmm. is too, too many. But it sounds like you're on the road to recovery. Yes. And... Yes, that's for sure. Yeah, I feel, I feel so ridiculous asking for a day off because whenever I think of my work days, I'm like, I'm hardly doing anything there because everything that I was doing previous was laborious <laughs> and right, so now yeah. i'm like oh i just kind of sit down at work type some things up keep people company and then i come home <laughs> and i'm like oh i'm so tired it was such a long day and then i hear all the stuff Kristen had to do that's stressful about about the news stuff that has to be done precisely because they are live and on air for it and i'm thinking oh well i had to walk from my chair to the bathroom and that was that was pretty pestering well recovery is part of your job right now so yeah yeah it is it is well we're so glad i mean big 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 answers to prayer that that you're recovering well and oh my goodness your mom coming in clutch she really did yeah so some of you might know that i put out a post saying that we had to cover $1,500 worth of medical expenses before they could do the surgery. And it was so rapid because when I saw the doctor about my ankle, he said, we can get you into surgery this week if we need to get you a a quick recovery. If you need to be on set for the quickest recovery, I have an open spot this Friday and we can get you ready by the new year. was pretty much his whole thing for it. And that was all that all he said, said for it. And he sold it to us that it would be the best plan for it because I do work in an environment that is very, very laborious so I and fairly athletic. So I need to be at the top-notch condition that I can be. Right. And so so we agreed at that point. And then we get a call the next day saying, you have two days to cover this upfront cost. And then the rest of it, you can figure out later on a payment plan. And that kind of came out of nowhere. Kristen and I were a little bit in, in a little state of panic. And we didn't know what to do. We knew we had savings. That was that was our only bet at the time because right. I just recently got a very big pay decrease upon switching jobs because I'm no longer really working a job. I'm just doing full-time ministry right. um, that's fully based on fundraising. So I'm trying to limit it to, to be smart about it. But <laughs> in this situation, it's it was hard to plan for it to be ready yeah. for this big of an emergency to take place because of all of that, um, just to be um, honest and forthcoming. And so we knew, okay, we have our, our savings, but let's first go to the people who are trying to support us. And we felt really challenged to do that, which was honestly one of the most embarrassing things to do, uh, yet most humbling because of it. To just go out, go out on Facebook, and instead of saying, "Help us raise money for our cause," in a little bit more friendly way that it seems like we have been doing our fundraising, it was, "Brandon's hurt, and we're not sure if we can fix it. 
unless we get this money now, is anyone willing to help us? It it felt it felt a little bit more begging in the sense, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And then after we did it, we had to remind ourselves that this is what God has put for us. This is what we were called to do right now. Right. And we needed to get humbled for it because honestly, now I think trying to look for people to join in our ministry by fundraising to help us, it's going to be a lot easier now that I had to do it from almost the equivalent of begging on my knees in order to move forward with life again. So it was it was very a very humbling experience. My mom did come in clutch. She went to uh, a lot of family members and people who I haven't been in contact with for many years since I've moved from California and was able to get me funded by the end of the day. I went to I went to bed that night not knowing for certain what was going to come of this. And the next morning I got a text from my mom saying, how do I send you this much money? So they, the surgery itself, remind me, was for the reinforcement? Yep, so they did a few things. Uh, they, they did reinforce my ankle and repair it, as well as repairing some of my ligaments and tendons. So if you look at my ankle I have on my right side, I've got about 21, 22, 23 staples in my ankle Mm. that inside of that now on my fibula, I have a metal plate that is holding it in place because that's the one that I had the severe fracture on. And on the left side of my foot, I have about three stitches where they cut inside to do some repair of my tendons on that side uh, to fix those as well as put a band. Essentially, I've been telling people I have a rubber band in my leg now to to reinforce my tibia and fibula because the main issue that happened with my ankle is not so so much of the fracture. The fracture could heal in 8 to 12 weeks uh, on its own just because the human body is crazy. Right. But I offset them when doing that. That was the biggest issue was my foot sitting underneath it uh, was not my bones were not fully sitting on top of them anymore. So it would make oh. it very easy for me to break to break or dislocate my ankle going further if they didn't do something to start pushing them back together. So I have a band in there in there now that is that is putting them that is realigning them and that is going to stay so I will now have a powerful ankle for the rest of my life. So you're a little bit just a little bit kind of like a cyborg. I'm working on it. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, Slowly it's... one one uh, limb by limb. Yep. One chip <laughs> we'll at a time. Cyborg. All right. Well, Brandon, is there uh, is there anything that we need to shout out right now? Yeah, yeah. I think it would be wonderful to remind you guys that even if you aren't in the Fort Myers region of Florida, that there are ways that you can still represent Ride Nature itself. We have a website, thehouseofridenature.com, where you're able to go go on there and buy apparel different kinds of shirts and product that we have you can buy some of our skateboards that we have and even you can buy coffee those are all the things that we sell at our shop here in fort myers but we have made it available for people to purchase um, throughout the nation so if you want to support us and have your own red nature shirt that would be wonderful or if you're any of my friends who skate back at home or in Kansas City or something, get a skateboard from us. Support your not-so-local local skate shop. Yeah, the support the ministry that, that Brandon's participating in. And, hey, I yeah. mean, Christmas, 
is Christmas is right basically around the just corner. around the corner. Yeah, yeah, like, it's coming up. Yeah, yeah, and the, the wonderful thing about that is if you buy anything from our shop, the proceeds go to the ministry. Yep. Yep. None of our workers who are running that shop are getting an hourly wage. They are working because this is what God has called them to do. Just like in the areas that I um, that I am working with, Bright Nature as well. So anything helps. Uh, it guarantees easier, much much easier evangelism on our part especially when it comes to our international trips and as well as a lot of our local ministries too. I'm going to be trying that probably the, the uh, ride nature coffees when we come out there in December. Yes. Uh, Cause Amanda and I are making our way down there to visit you guys uh, mid December and are going to hang out and, see the sights hear the sounds experience ride nature buy stuff from the house of ride nature just like you all should yes. on the uh the ho- is it just the house of ride nature.com is that the yep yep the house of ride nature.com is how to figure out all the things regarding our shop itself from from our coffee shop skate shop merchandise to even figuring out how much it costs to run a, a stand-up paddleboard from us Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we, we need to do that as well because I don't have just a paddleboard. <laughs> yeah. To use. Not, okay. not a lot of people do, so we have rentals. All right. Well, Brandon, what is the word for this week's vocab corner? All right, Quentin, your word for today's vocab corner is hesh. Hesh. H-E-S-H. Um, so th- this is uh, just uh, probably, uh, it might be a coincidence or it might be somewhat related, but the headphones that I'm literally currently wearing are the Skull Candy Hesh 3 model. Oh yeah, of um, course, yep. So I I bet that it's related because Skull Candy is a bit of a like kind of punk skatery aesthetic company and such. So yes. I, I bet that's somewhat related, but I... There is nothing about the branding that would give me literally any idea <laughs> of what it actually means. So, Hesh, um, can I, so you already spelled it, can, can I get it in a sentence? I'm going to try and be a little bit nicer than I was last time, because I, okay. I gave you a pretty vague sentence last time. Okay. Dude, I can't believe you got to see David Gravett in person. Like, wasn't he just so Hesh? Oh, okay. Okay. I can give you I can give you a I can give you a little bit more from that. No. That still feels kind of vague, but if you think you can roll no, with that, no, no, you can I, roll with I, it. I I Brandon, I've got this. Like, You've I've got, got this? this now. <laughs> I like all right. No, no, You're no, no. going I, on zero for one so far. Yep, yep. Me zero, you one so far with with this. This is round number two. But oh wow, I've I didn't realize that it was a competition. Time. I didn't realize this was a competition that I could I, win. It is in now myself. I just made it one. Oh, well, then I'm happy with, I'm very happy with the sentence I gave you. Good luck. (laughs) So, Hesh is like, uh, I I guess the the skating equivalent of, like, you've got swag. You just really, like, you you, you really embody the the coolness of the skater aesthetic kind of a thing like i'm, I'm guessing <laughs> what if, what is the skater what aesthetic? is the skater aesthetic? i don't know yeah. i i'm not i'm i'm not here to to give specifics i'm here 
to interpret based on context clues. Uh, it went, went like when someone walks in and you can just tell just from looking at them. Oh, okay. That guy knows what he's doing before, before he does anything like you just can kind of tell he's comfortable with the board before he even gets on it. You're like, okay, we're about to see some really great stuff like it maybe maybe uh has just kind of like like uh like confidence or maybe like chutzpah you know like that that guy's got chutzpah you know i i don't know okay that's that's my that's the vibe that i'm getting for hesh all right so your idea is a skater who really just sweats his confidence so much and he has a certain chutzpah about him that he is hesh yeah, yeah, it's like an adjective, like a okay. like a descriptive word about someone who would who would have those qualities. Yeah. All right, you ready to know how close you were? Yes. So, Quinn, I'm gonna have to be honest. You weren't that far off. No way. Yes. You weren't that far off. Yes. But, okay. But let's let's let me explain a little bit more of what Hesh is to see if you've earned the point or not. Okay. All right. Okay. So Hesh. It does have something to do with the style of skater, how they look. If they have a Hesh look to it, it's a little bit more gritty. And sometimes people could say Hesh, people who look Hesh are a little bit more dirty looking or greasy. Um, But they're a little bit more along the line of people who look more punk. Darker colors. They're usually in darker colors. Um, Oftentimes they have a mustache, but not always. So it does it does have something to do whenever you see them you know that they're a hesh skater or a hesh ripper some might say because there's a certain style that comes off from them and it's hard to say exactly if it is like what I said if it's more of like that dirty I, I shouldn't say dirty it's more of a gritty look you have a gritty look to you and presence that that comes off of you if I am to say this person looks hesh that means that this person is gnarly. Okay. They have a gnarly type of skating that isn't super... The reason why I said dirty, dirty is because there's a style of skateboarding that we call clean. Whenever okay. you do a trick, everything seems to go into place perfectly. And then there's hesh skaters who usually skate things that are more like bowls in people's backyards that, or things that have really, really tough concrete that looks okay. like if you were to try and roll on it, that you would stop immediately and fall to your face. And it's like skating on a cheese grater. These are the guys who skate cheese graters. All right, Brandon, do you have some devotional thoughts to bring? Yeah, most definitely. This is a message that I got to speak at our skate park uh, about a week and a half ago now. And it it comes from the book of Numbers, which is... Something you probably rarely hear at like a church service or something, hearing someone preach out of numbers, unless it's this story. This is the only story that a lot of people know, I think. Um, Quinn might think otherwise because he is a a missionary's kid, so he might know a little bit more than I do when it comes to this, but I feel like from I never numbers? hear anyone. Yeah, from numbers. No. No. <laughs> no? Okay, good. Okay, thank goodness. I was just making sure that it's commonly known that books like Chronicles and Numbers... We know they're there, but then we just see a long list of names and we skip to the yeah. next book. <laughs> yep. So this is a story that you may have already heard or and probably the only story that you've heard from Numbers if you've heard one before. And that is about Balaam's donkey, or as I like to call the passage, Balaam's donk. But we'll get to that in a bit. 
Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit. I'll go over a little bit of what that story is for those who don't know uh, what this story is about or who this donk is. Um, but first, I want to talk a little bit about skateboarding and this common thing that people seem to run into. I asked our guys at the skate park if they've run into it, and it seemed to be like a very, very typical thing. And that is the struggle with getting a trick at a spot. What that means, Quinn, I'm, I know we're still training on your vocab. Yes, getting a trick you. at a spot is typically going to a place that's not a skate park that you're going to film at. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so whenever you go out to skate a spot, or if you were at the skate park trying to film something there, or trying to learn something new, you go to you go to the park, you have this trick in mind. Typically, you're at the skate park whenever you're trying to learn something new. And one day, I was going to my home skate park growing up, which is Series Skate Park. Shout I went there. Series skate park. Shout out to Series Skate Park. I went there with the plan in mind to finally learn the trick backside feeble down rails. So I learned sure. how to do them somewhat on flat bar rails, which are the ones that are just standing up and they're parallel to the ground. Okay. But I wanted to start learning them down things, down rails that would be more like handrails that you see going downstairs. And so I was like, this is going to be the day I'm going to get it out of my mindset. Well, for a lot of people, backside feebles is one of the first tricks that you learn down rails. So it's a very easy trick to a lot of skaters world worldwide, which makes no sense to me. I'm just not good at them and I don't really understand them. To me, they're kind of scary. And so I kept kept working at it at that day, skating down one of the smaller rails that felt a little bit more comfortable and more safe. And then finally I thought, okay, I'm ready to go to the big rail. This is the one that I've been prepping for. This is the one that I've been wanting to. And when I went for it, I kept stopping at the stairs. Every time I'd roll up to it, stop, roll up to it, stop. Just getting in my head with it. And then finally I was like, okay, whatever. You know what? This is it. This is it. I'm going to go for it. Went back, went for it again, but instead of doing a feeble, I chickened out and did a board side. The first trick that most people learn down rails. So I just board sided and I was like, goodness, how am I going to get over this? And then finally, I just looked at the rail and was like, I'm not going to do it. You know what? I'm skipping this trick. I'm moving on to the next one. So instead, I decided I'm just going to throw a back 5-0 down it and see if I could possibly do it. So I instead... Went back to the small rail just to make sure that I could do it like I did earlier that day. Got it no problem. Went over to the stair set, and I did it first try. I thought it was the coolest thing. I was so excited for about five minutes. The day ended, and I went home, and I was, like, upset with myself. I wasn't proud of it because all that was going on in my mind was that I chickened out of the back people. I didn't do it, and I couldn't focus on or really think that I landed the back 5-0. Every time that I told people that I learned the back 5-0 that day, I felt like I had to tell the truth to them that I didn't land the other trick that I really was intending to learn that day. But all that to say, I want to talk more about Balaam's Donk. So for those of you who don't know the story about Balaam's Donk, Balaam is this guy who, I'm not going to say exactly he was a prophet of God, but he was someone who spoke to God frequently. He's a very unique character in Numbers, and if you decide that you're inspired by his story to learn more about him, you'll understand when I say that he's a bit complicated of, of an individual. But Balaam was someone who frequently spoke to God. He was considered to be a seer, a sorcerer, or a prophet of some kind because he was able to speak to him, and he was widely known for this ability. So the king of Moab, 
at the time sent some messengers to Balaam because they knew he had this relationship with God and thought maybe he'd be able to ask God to set a curse on these people who decided to move in to Moab. So they show up to him and Balaam being a kind-hearted and fairly hospitable individual did what, what he would usually do in this situation and what a lot of people would have done at the time, invites them in and allows them a place to stay. They tell him that they are here to do these things and to speak to God, utilizing divination of some kind to curse these people. And he said, spend the night here and I will report back to you with an answer in the morning that the Lord gives me. So they stayed with him and God asks, what is this, uh, what is this about? Why are these people here? What have they come to ask of me? And he says, well, apparently some people moved in on their land and they want you to curse them. Think you can do that for them so I can get them out of here? So God says to Balaam, no way. These are people that I've actually blessed. So I'm not going to put a curse on these people. They are blessed. Balaam's like, all right, I got you. So the next morning he goes to the officials and he says, go back to your own country. The Lord has refused to let me go with you. And they return to their king and they tell him, Balaam refused to come with us. It's not going to happen. So their king of Moab, the king of Moab says to them, Nope, you're going to go back and we're going to try. We need to make sure that he comes to us and we will reward him handsomely. Then he will put a curse on, on these people for me. So the king, of, the king of Moab says to his people, go back to him, offer him a reward, and I'm sure he will come back and put a curse on these people for me. So they go and they say the exact thing that the king wants them to. And Balaam says, even if... Your king gave me all the silver and gold in the palace. I could not do anything great or small to go beyond the command of the Lord, my God. You can spend the night here, and I will find out what else the Lord will tell me. So in that night, God says, fine, these men have come to you. Go with them, but only do what I tell you. And then the night ends, and he, and he wakes up. I will go with you to see your king and talk with him. And that's what he does. He saddles up his donkey and goes on with the Moabite officials. But here's where the story gets interesting. It says that God was very angry when he went. And he was so angry that he sent an angel, an angel of himself to stand in the road opposing him. And this is the part that's crazy. Someone who has such a close connection with God that he's able to speak with him doesn't even notice it doesn't see this angel standing there with him, um, trying to block his path, but the donkey itself does. The donkey is spooked and starts going a different direction. It tries to swerve and go around it. Balaam gets upset and he starts, and he kicks his donkey and is like, no, come on, what are you doing? Go the right way. Same thing happens a second time when they start going further down the road. The donkey's trying to go around it, trying to avoid what is there, and he doesn't notice what's going on and gets upset and tries to kick it again to keep it going. But this time, the donkey just stops. Doesn't move at all, other than sitting down. And now he's very angry. He's like, what are you doing? We have to get somewhere we need to go. And he's hitting it. What is going on? Why are you being a fool? He keeps saying to his donkey. And then from the donkey's mouth, like a DreamWorks picture, the donkey says, yeah, I know, sorry. If, so for those of you, once again, this is another story. I, I'm going to shout out to this story because if you love Shrek, read this, read this passage. This is the Shrek of the Bible. That's all I'm going to say. And so the donkey says, 
Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? And he says no. Not even, not even, it doesn't even say in the scripture if he pays any attention of it. If it's wild, if this is different for him. But then he notices when he looks up, seeing the angel of the Lord standing in the road. Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me three times. Why didn't he see it then? Why didn't he see this angel, this magnificent being, but the donkey did? Why is it that whenever I went to the skate park that one day and did an amazing trick, I was only focused on what I couldn't do and what I didn't do? Mm. Why is it ever since I broke my leg, I've gotten a little bit more depressed, wondering what my worth is to this new ministry that I've joined. I came here to help with our skate park, to skate with these guys and be in their life and try to show them the love of God no matter where they are at. And I can't see past it sometimes, just as Balaam couldn't see God standing before him. He was so much more focused on the task than God, who is the one who even told him to go do this task in the first place. And I was so focused on this leg and what I couldn't do and not realizing that God speaks to us in all kinds of situations. Me breaking my leg might mean I don't get to skate with these guys like I thought I did, like I thought that my calling here was to do. I realized the next couple days after I broke my leg, I was leading a Bible study at the skate park with a few guys and every time that they had to take a break, get a drink of water, I got to sit with them and talk in a different way. It wasn't the simple, what trick are you trying? What's going on? I actually got to talk to them about their day. It got to be a lot more conversational. I realized something that I had been missing and not noticing and now it's starting to grow. All of the times I have to ask for help at work for someone to open a door for me or carry my crutches up or down the stairs, I get to talk to them a little bit more. I get to understand who my interns are. I get to know what things that they like. I started to learn a little bit more about what their home life is like and where they are currently in their walk with God. What are they struggling with theologically? What things are they so inspired by whenever they read the word has come up so much more now that I'm in the situation where I'm asking for a ride to and from home each day because I can't go to work at the same time as I did when I had a functioning leg. Sometimes we don't realize what's going on and we need to listen to the donkey that's in our life. Because who knows, maybe we're walking in the right direction, but we don't have the right attitude. And it blows my mind the ways that he tries to help us understand. He had to use Balaam's donk, and he had to use my leg. Maybe it's time to take a step back and figure out what the donkey is in your life. I think I'm going to pray for us because God is good, and I just want to talk to him right now, and hopefully you can pray with us in this time. God, I, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I'm so grateful to have such easy access to it whenever I need it. But I'm also grateful, God, that despite of some not having the word, that you're still going to show up. 
you'll still be there. God, you're ever-present. You're always around us. We never have to ask for you to come to us because you're already there. But even when we don't feel like it, when we don't notice it, because things keep coming up in our mind, God, you're still there, and I just ask that we understand that. As soon as something comes up, as soon as an issue drowns us, God, I ask that we turn to you and that we fill you. Because, man, you're putting so many things in our life, so many great things, so many clear signs that we just keep avoiding. God, I ask that the donkeys in our lives become as clear to Balaam, they can be as clear to us. Better yet, God, I ask that when that donkey shows up in our life that we pay attention to it the first time. Because, God, that makes life so much easier. Anyways, God, I'm grateful for your presence, and I'm grateful for the effort that you put in each of our lives. Amen. Amen. All right, well, Brandon, let's wrap this up. Where can people find you, and what ways can people help you do the best you can in the ministry yeah. that you're doing right now? Yeah, first and foremost, um, always going to mention prayer and ways uh, ways that you can look to us to support us through like social media. Um, would best be through our Facebook account, facebook.com slash ride with the bakers. Mm -hmm. There you can see all of our updates and you can figure out what's going on in, in our life and what big things are happening. And of course on there we have a link to where you can support us financially and give donations. Mm -hmm. So definitely pray about that and see if there's any way that you can give to us. And of course, if you have any questions or want to know more about what I do, you can always email me at brandon at ridenature.com. I recently got to help with my good friend Chase from college. Shout who was out to a, Chase Owen. Shout out to Chase Owen. I love that man. Uh, we, yeah. uh, we got to uh, work together, and he interviewed me with his kiddos at, uh, for his children's church, which was a whole lot of fun, actually. Those kiddos were great. They asked me a lot of great questions. Uh, a lot of great questions about authenticity, what it is like to be an authentic Christian, and what is it like to do a ministry that's a little bit different and a little bit weird. So it was a whole lot of fun. Awesome. Well, yeah, definitely keep an ear to the ground for further news. But until next time, ride on. Peace and more peace.